This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And we have Mary on the line. Hello, Mary. Hi, Gary. The song I'd like to request is Take Me Breath Away. Uh, it reminds me of a bad relationship I once had. Oh, no. Yeah, they fleeced me of my money. We're super clingy, suffocating, in fact. I couldn't breathe. <sighs> but I am now free of them, and I've never felt better. Nice one, Mary. Now, is there anything you'd like to say to that old flame? Yeah, but unfortunately, cigarettes can't really hear you. Stoptober. It's not you, it's them. Join the thousands of others quitting smoking this October. Search Stoptober. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Delighted to say I'm being joined in the studio by the returning James Howard from the Back of the Nest podcast. James, there is so much to talk about where the Eagles are concerned. We have to look at that frustrating draw from the weekend. Wolves scoring in what was the dying seconds of the game. Yes, they had other chances, but when you're 1-0 up, certainly in the Premier League, you have to hold on to it, especially when you are at home we're going to be talking about that Selhurst Park draw and delighted to say if you are just joining us we will be joined by Jim Cannon ex-Palace legend delighted to talk to him in 10 or 15 minutes or so so if you want to join in or you want to ask a question tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558 and also we'll be talking the next Premier League match for Crystal Palace which is Norwich they'll be wanting to make up for this weekend that's for sure James, haven't spoke to you in a while. It's been, once again, mixed for the Eagles. But where the weekend is concerned, any time you're up in a game 1-0, how frustrated were you at this one? I, I just had that horrible, sick feeling at the end. Um, yeah, I've been away, so I've missed you guys for a couple of weeks. Um, but um, I did. Uh, I had a different perspective of the game because I was listening on the radio. I couldn't get any TV coverage where I was. I was, I was in Crete and... Uh, it it was back in the old days when you used to listen to, to, to a lot of games on the radio for me. And it, Whereas these days, if you're in and around the UK and most places abroad, you can watch live TV. So I was, you know, visualising what was going on and I thought the first half sounded pretty, pretty poor. We weren't really on the front foot, but we, we kept, uh, you know, we, we kept them at bay. Um, and then second half, we came out, we had all the chances, we were on top, we were dominating. Uh, and then suddenly you know the last seconds of of injury time you've got this sucker punch goal and it's just heart-wrenching you just can't you know it just ruins the rest of your day Mm -hmm. (laughs) it did mine anyway it's it's just and then I looked at it on on the highlights and you know 
I've seen what's happened and yeah, you can point the finger at a lot of people and I think that's something we need to we need to talk about on the show tonight because there's a lot of people on media, social media saying, well, it's this person's to blame, that person's to blame or it's the group of people to blame or it's a manager's to blame or the players. I want to talk about it and I'd love to hear other people if, if they've got their comments about it as well and see what they think. Definitely. Where do you stand? It's always very difficult. You know, nowadays we live in the, 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 the digital frontier age where everything is so instant straight away. Everyone's opinion can be heard, but we want it to be heard on this station at least. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0287020558. You know, James, fans are fickle. Win, lose or draw. Everyone's got a, an a, opinion, even if it is subjective. Fans aren't happy. They want this or this to be done. Manager out, manager in. Hashtag get Roy out. It, it's very loud, especially when you do draw in the 94th minute. But the one thing that we always say with Palace, they are quite unpredictable. We never know what they're going to get. But one thing I think is a real positive is really this strength in character. You may say, really, we just we didn't hold on to a lead. But you had that disappointing defeat to Sheffield United a few weeks back. After that game, we was a bit worried. Then they beat Man United. They beat Aston Villa. Two brilliant uh, Premier League wins. Last week, very disappointing to Spurs, 4-0. Again, Palace come out. They didn't let that linger on. Playing a Wolves side that, yeah, OK, haven't been great this year, but they are a European side, let's not forget. And it was another good home performance, putting last week behind him. Are you impressed with how Roy can get the team to bounce back so quick? I, I am. I don't particularly think we're a bad side. Um, I think mm. we're a bit of a clumsy side at the moment. Yeah, we, we're just making silly little errors. Um, we could easily have lost at home to Aston Villa. I mean, fortunately, Grealish got booked for diving. But clearly there was uh, 50% of people out there thought it wasn't a dive and it should have carried on and they would have scored. So we could have lost points on that game as well. And this is two games, you know, in a space of just a few weeks where, you know, yet yeah, we've lost points on at the weekend, but we could have lost points at Villa. So I just think that We've got it in us to to be a, a good, solid, middle of the table, possibly pushing a little bit further upside. But we are very, very clumsy at the moment. Well, if you want to push up that table and be a bit side, it's you know vital, James, that you take your chances at any level in football. You know, Benteke puts that chance away. You know, to make it two 0 it's a completely different game. I know, you know, there was defenders swarming round him, but has he got to do better in that situation? Should he be scoring from there? Yeah, of course he should. Um, but, you know, he was a substitute, so he wasn't there for the full 90 minutes. Um, but, you know, there's another thing, you know, there was the spot on the TV where they highlighted Roy Hodgson, I think, having a bit of a confrontation with a fan at the ground and he put two fingers up. Not in a rude way, but I think he it was interpreted that Roy was saying that he only got two strikers fit. Mm. I would argue, why are you still persisting with Ben Teke? Because this time last year, when we were really struggling, he put Zaha and um, Andros Townsend up front, and we didn't do too badly. I don't understand it. Yeah, you've only got two fit strikers, but this, but Ben Teke, whatever it is, is just not scoring goals. I would have put Townsend on or somebody else on and said, look, you know, okay, you don't particularly play up front, but you're more than likely to score than Benteke at the moment. And I think that's what's frustrating fans. It's this continual persistence in a player that's cost us a fortune or a small fortune for, the, for, for a team like Crystal Palace. And we're just not accepting the fact that he just can't cut it anymore. Really, though, is that not harsh, James? Because is Roy Hodgson as a manager wrong to, you know, stop his belief and faith in a player? Regardless if he's cost a lot of money, he has shown the ability before, he's shown his potential. And if you, you're you the manager, you're close to him, you see him every day on the training pitch, why not believe he can reach those heights uh, one more time and he can turn it around? Well, there's a big difference in the training field and playing 90 minutes on the, on the Premier League. You know, if you can play on a training field, you can relax you can feel at ease, you can pretty much score goals willy-nilly. But once you're in a, in, a, in a match on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, you get one chance, you get two chances at best. And quite clearly, you've got to have composure and you've got to be able to stick that away. And I think he is suffering, whether it's now it's becoming, you know, psychological. Um, but I just think that we are persisting in someone that is just not cutting it. And I think I'd even be tempted to put... 
players like Andros Townsend up front and just say, look, you know, <laughs> let's let's try something new here. You mentioned Andros Townsend because you're saying Roy was giving up the two fingers that he only has two mm, strikers. Fit strikers. And, and Andros Townsend obviously is not a striker, but he is, you know, that forward thinking midfielder. He was sacrificed on the weekend. You know, you was playing this five man midfield. Is that something the, fa- the fans want to see? You know, is that something they agree with? Because he does provide that attacking outlet for Palace. Yeah, I mean, I can only go on what people tell me. And I sit with people and I hear people around me saying, oh, God, you know, look at Benteke. Why is he on the pitch? What is he doing? Why are we persisting with him? It's not just me. It's other people as well. Now, fair play. Beginning of the season, you've got to give everyone a crack. And he had, maybe he had a good summer. He's, he's, he's got fit. But I just think that sometimes, you know, I think IU went off because he was injured. I don't think otherwise he would have gone off. But, you know, it's it's a difficult one. But I just think that maybe we just have to try some somebody else and bring maybe someone else on at the end of the game and put him in that position. Well, I'm delighted to say we are joined also in the studio by DR Kernas from the Back of the Nest podcast. DR, me and James have just been discussing that frustrating 1-1 draw with Wolves at Selhurst Park this weekend. I want to quickly ask you for A, your thoughts on the game, but someone me and you spoke about in depth last week was Joel Ward. Mm. Obviously, you said, no disrespect to Joel Ward, but can he still cut it? Is he the man you know, to take Palace to the next level? He just is not at that level anymore. He did score on the weekend, a bit of a turnaround, although it was a heavy deflection. Were you pleased with his pleased with his performance? Yeah, I was. Um, but I said it after the game. I'll say it again. I wouldn't get carried away with it mm. because I feel like with Joel Wood, we're going to see lots of good and bad games from him. He got found out a little bit of time for pace, didn't he? When they can exactly, the yeah. But in the second half, I feel like he contributed more. And one thing that has been missing all season long is him going forward and actually helping out the attacking play, which he did do in the second half. Of course, when you look at the goal, I didn't see it when we conceded but when I watched replays he that was a huge error but I wouldn't discount his performance for that error I feel like he still contributed well and of course he got that deflection goal which which helped us out a lot because we're struggling to score goals so even if a right back like Joe Wood if he can get goals then that would be fantastic for, for us but my thoughts on the game is that I've, after the game I was so furious because I feel like we didn't Play to get it out, yeah. DR, get it out. We didn't play to our strengths, and there was five minutes left, and we decided to go and push for the second and try to be smart like that. And I saw it coming. I honestly saw it coming because against Aston Villa, we saw it. We got we got away with the Grealish incident, and I had the feeling that something similar would happen. And it's just they have ten men. If you just keep the ball and put it in a corner flag, you're just going to suck the energy out of them. But we kept giving them hope. We kept giving them the ball back. And what what was the reason behind that? Just get three points. We don't need to score a second. We've already seen with this club that, yeah, we're not going to be able to score f- around 60 goals, 70 goals this season. We're not that sort of football club. We'll, we'll get a result from one nils and maybe two ones. We're not going to go and score lots of goals. So why did we go and push for the second? I just don't understand that. And it leads to the question where game management, and it's not only from Roy, it's from the players as well. It's like, come on, you're 1-0 up. If you win this game, you're going to be, I think, fourth place or sixth place. Just get the result. That's all that matters, not the goals. You mentioned game management there, and obviously that is a question mark over Roy and his players. But is it easy, Dio? You know, when there is a result like this, there's always a knee-jerk reaction. People, like you said, straight after the game, you was furious with the result. And we tend to analyse it. We point fingers at it. Mm. We pick it apart. Is there a flip side to that narrative when if Wolves score earlier or Palace, you know, um, didn't go aggressively put their foot to the pedal people would say why aren't Palace trying to kill off this game where's their aggressive nature why aren't they trying to see off this game so they can have the cushion because you know whether it is Palace and it's not being aggressive or it's game management 1-0 for any football club is a tricky tricky dangerous scoreline it is but they had 10 men and they had the game on Thursday as well and I feel like if we just kept the ball for another 2-3 minutes Wolves would just automatically switch off and say look we've got the defeat but we could continually kept giving them the ball and that's just not right we had a big chance as well um i don't know if you guys talked about christian benteke but personally i think i'm done with him done uh, yeah i'm yeah DR, come on i'm d- uh, look i've <laughs> tried to be serious. nice to him i've tried look i've tried to be nice <laughs> I finally to him. won you over no no I, i've tried to be i feel like his confidence at palace is just is like it's just shot and there's no way of coming back now but I would give him a new contract because I still feel like 
clubs would come and pay for him. I'm done, but give him a new contract. No. The greatest yeah, would... contradiction. But let me just ask you, Dr. Because you say done, and it's such strong words, and I understand <laughs> it. You, you know, you lot are more passionate about Crystal yeah. Palace than anyone I know, and I completely understand. You're on the terraces week in, week out. You go home and away, and if a striker that you paid that much for isn't banging in the goals, I completely get it. But is there no danger whatsoever that he can't turn this around? He's done it before. Maybe it's the system. Is he getting enough support? And secondly, why get rid of him or say you're done when you don't have many strikers at the club? You're only saying two fit strikers there. I'd rather have Ben Teke over Conor Wickham. I'm sorry, it's true. He's on high wages. I'd rather sell him and then bring in someone, just bring in someone else. Because I've been patient and patient with Ben Teke for a very long time. And I just feel like there's no way coming back. And it's not because he had that massive chance in the second half. It's just a whole build-up. It's like, What's, what, what else do you have to do? We're feeding, like, all right, sometimes his, our delivery to him isn't the greatest, but when he does have the ball in the positions, he's still not scoring. And maybe if he goes elsewhere and plays for a different manager, then it might work out. But I just don't see Ben Taker working out under Roy Hodgson. I just don't see it happening. And if Roy Hodgson decides to remain as a manager from this season onwards, sign, as I said, sign him to a new contract and just get rid of him. Well done is the uh, the shout from DR. Very strong words in the studio. Do you agree with DR and James? James is also done, although he didn't use that term. Tweet us, call us. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 558. Next, though, we are talking to a Palace legend, Jim Cannon. And we have Mary on the line. Hello, Mary. Hi, Gary. The song I'd like to request is Take Me Breath Away. Uh, it reminds me of a bad relationship I once had. Oh, no. Yeah, they fleeced me of my money. were super clingy, suffocating, in fact. I couldn't breathe. <sighs> but I am now free of them, and I've never felt better. Nice one, Mary. Now, is there anything you'd like to say to that old flame? Yeah, but unfortunately, cigarettes can't really hear you. It's Doctober. It's not you, it's them. Join the thousands of others quitting smoking this October. Search Stoptober. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Love Sport. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Dr. Kern. As we were just talking about that frustrating 1-1 draw with Wolves on the weekend, Wolves scoring in the last seconds of the game. The frustration has boiled over into the studio. Some bold statements being made tonight. And do you agree? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 208 70 But in more positive news we are now joined by palace legend jim cannon jim firstly let me say it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show you know just looking at jim you played nearly 600 games for palace in the modern day football now we will never see players reaching these type of numbers of appearances for a club will we no no no, well not not anymore i don't think so the contracts mean nothing nowadays Mm. and there's probably uh, a lot of money to be earned by like players keeping moving so no it'd be very unusual for anybody to play over five six hundred games for one club in this day and age it's an absolute incredible uh, achievement Jim and like you said it is a real pleasure to talk to you tonight apart from that frustrating draw on the weekend what have you made of Palace's start to the season so far Jim well it's been better than the last two seasons that's a certainty um yeah I mean uh, if if we'd have got the result we probably deserved on Saturday, then you'd say it'd be a great start. I mean, a, a good result against Manchester United, a, a fairly even draw against Everton, a good result against Villa. I think 
expectations now when we go away, people are probably thinking, oh, we could beat Spurs, but, you know, nine times out of ten, you're not going to do that away from home. So I'll, I'll let that one go, but certainly Saturday was, was really disappointing. Hi, Jim. Um, we were just talking about the late goal that we conceded against Wolves and not really having a debate, but a discussion, I'll say, um, about who's to blame. Is it the manager that should make the shout, maybe, or is it the players that should take responsibility? I was saying how we should have kept in a corner flag and we just kept pushing for the second. Who do you think should make the call in that moment? Do you think it should be someone like Luca, the captain, saying that, look, let's keep the ball in a corner flag, or do you think Roy had to make the shouts? Well, I think anybody on the touchline is certainly in my era. Like, if you're one nil up with seconds to go, the, your, your people are screaming at you, hmm. get in the corners. <laughs> um, there was a culmination of mistakes, really, on Saturday. I mean, the biggest one was Benteke got it in plenty of space, but as he's looked up, Wilf has come from outside into the centre forward spot, and you think, Wilf, why aren't you just going down the line? And maybe Benteke being an experienced player, should have just hit it over his head and said, chase that. So, having lost that, I then see the most diabolical bit of defending by a left-back that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the guy's got the ball. You stand in front of a guy when he's trying to cross it. Patrick Van Arnott moved away to the left as if he's got an overlapping fullback on there. And the guy's just dinked it in. And then, I don't, I don't really know what happened with Joel. To be fair, I thought he had a really good game. Whether he slipped or not, I don't know. But it was a culmination there. Uh, who's to blame? Initially, I think Will should have gone down the line and Benteke should have just fired it over there. And I'm sure the people on the touchline would be shouting, keep it, don't give it away. But uh, the way that Benteke passed it to Wolf almost is sent to him, you've got to try and beat this guy. Uh, so it's it's... It was a shame because at the end of the day, if you take your chances, that last goal doesn't matter. And it's happened to us time and time again over the last couple of seasons where last five minutes we suddenly give something away when we've had loads of chances before and you end up either losing the game or drawing the game. The only good thing on Saturday, uh, uh, Sunday, we didn't lose the game. We come away with another point. So that's the only consolation I can take out of it. Yeah, hi Jim, it's uh, James here. Um, yeah, I, I, do, I do agree with you. I think it's obviously a collective um, mistakes from everyone and uh, I I would never have uh, envisaged that happening under, um, you know, Pulis or Allardyce. I mean, it's it would have been unheard of. Um, and I've been on this radio station for quite a few months now and I've been, you know, really defending Roy quite a lot, uh, as people like Charlie know. Um, but... I really, really worry about Roy um, in this situation and, and I'm worried about it because this is the second time um, where we've pretty much throw, nearly thrown away two, two games in the last minute, you know, what with the Grealish incident, um, that could well have, will have, will have gone the wrong way. Um, and I, I don't know how you feel, but Roy, I, I don't see Roy really sort of giving an, enough authority from the sidelines in situations like this and I remember his time as an England manager um, and sometimes you'd be screaming why isn't he making a substitution why isn't he doing this I just feel during the game sometimes he's very very hesitant and indecisive about making decisions and we've always you know commented it him from the terraces saying you know why isn't he making a substitution he's always making his substitutions too late and, you know, Roy is still a good manager, don't get me wrong, and I'm not asking that we should get rid of him, but I just worry that, that, that you know, there are a number of players out there and you could blame Wilf, you could blame Wardy, you could blame Benteke, you can blame the full-backs, the midfield for not closing down, but ultimately, surely, as you said, it has to come from the bench to say, get rid of it, close him down, corner flag that's that's three statements i would be shouting from the bench and um I, yeah i was just just so frustrated yeah well i think we all are but i i mean obviously we can't i'm sitting in legends box watching the game so i'm behind one of the goals but i can only imagine that the, the shouting from the box is saying keep hold of it don't give it away you don't have to try and do anything all you got to do is keep hold of the ball and don't give it to them so 
I can't say that I would blame Roy for that. You know, he's he's got coaches that stand on the touchlines. Roy tends to to sort of sit down and watch the game, and come he comes out every now and again. But Roy's quite set in his ways. You know, he's got his formation that he wants to play, uh, and you can see the fans sometimes get a bit frustrated that we bring sometimes bring players on like for like, whereas we're chasing a game and we need to change it. So somebody else on that might change something yeah. uh, and it doesn't happen but I mean to be fair to him he's, he's, he's done quite well over the last couple of seasons uh, I think expectations or having been in the league seven seasons now I think the fans expectations change and we they, they expect that we're going to do a little bit more uh, I don't think you're going to see any big changes under Roy Hodgson I mean, my, 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 we've got a very good centre-half coming back from fitness. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of centre-halves. I would play Cahill, Saka and Tompkins as a back three. Mm. I'd push Van Arnett as far away up the park as I could because I don't like him defending, but he's really good going forward. I would actually play Wolf on the right and say play as a right-sided midfield player and put two guys up front. I'd... When we're at home, and we, I mean, basically we play five across the middle all the time. We one guy up front because Wolf is like a free spirit, I suppose, but he always ends up basically out on the right hand side. So we've got four midfield players that are basically all the same. There's not a lot of flair. They're good players, but there's not great flair that are going to really create things and get in the boxes. And 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 I don't think it'll ever change. I think Roy's got a part on the play. And while all the time he's keeping us sort of quite comfortable in the Premier League, I, I don't see any change. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you. Something's got to change. Uh, just to sort of, uh, you know, I've watched you play for, you know, quite a long time, actually. I probably started watching 1975 onwards. And um, uh, yeah, after some great, you've obviously been part of some great, great teams. Um, I just had a question for you, and probably a lot of people out there might want to know is, What's the best centre-back partnership you've had during your career with Palace? Uh, well, I suppose I've got to say Billy Gilbert because I've played quite a few years with him. Uh, I seem to chop and change, but I, I would have thought if Ian Evans hadn't got injured uh, when he broke his leg with that job's best tackle, uh, I'd like to think that we, we would have been that would have been a good pairing. But, I mean, I've played with, like, I don't know, I can't remember how many centre-halves <laughs> I've played with now. But, but the best one was Billy. I mean, Billy yeah. was a really good player. He could play, and he was uh, he was a hard player as well. And he, and he basically had everything going for him. So I would have to pick Billy. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I mean, I'm a bit, yeah, I was, I was a bit young at that age. But my best season watching you was a strange one, but it was with Mickey Droy. <laughs> Oh, Mickey, yeah. Well, Mickey made my job very easy, wasn't he? He was a man mountain. <laughs> Lovely, yeah, it was the a great only, memory. The only, the only thing I had to remember him was put his cigarette out when he went up for corners. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, well, it was an absolute delight to talk to you. Real pleasure for us to have you on the phone tonight. Hopefully we can speak to you later in the season when maybe there'll be more positive results to speak about. Jim Cannon there, ex Palace legend, nearly 600 appearances for the club. Absolutely astonishing. You won't see that in the modern game these days. Next, though, we will be previewing that game against Norwich, where hopefully the Eagles can get back to winning ways after that disappointing draw on the weekend. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm delighted to say I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Dr. Kernas. We were just talking about that disappointing result on the weekend, 1-1 to Wolves. Palace should have held on for the three points. And also we spoke to Jim Cannon, who is an ex-Palace legend. Absolutely brilliant to have him on the phone and chat with him a little bit. But now, though, we have had another call into the studio, and you can too. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558. But I'm delighted to say Mitch has called into the studio. Mitch, how are you feeling? Because it was a frustrating result on the weekend. Are you upset? You know, is it the game management or, you know, these things happen in football? It's a bit of everything, really. Um, 
with early days as well. I, th- I think sometimes a lot of the early games, not just Palace, a lot of the teams, you're seeing a lot of strange results, funny enough, this season. I mean, you only have to look at Watford getting an 8 0. Um, and some unexpected results, but in Palace's corner, I think, I think we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. We haven't got the money to invest in the squad that we'd like, and I, I think that's kind of showing. As well as obviously we're not putting our chances away, that's quite clear. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm worried that we're starting to look a bit like Huddersfield last season and missed a hell of a lot of chances, but they carried on doing it the whole season. I just hope we don't go down that road, that's all. It's it's a bit concerning at the moment. Um, hi, hi, Mitch, it's James here. Um, yeah. Just thinking that, yeah, it does look a bit concerning, but surely there are worse worse teams than us in, in the league, would you say, or, or not? I don't think we should rely on that. At the moment, you know, teams like Watford, other teams that get in sort of... I, I think everybody's taking it in their turn to get a Tonkin at the moment. We had a 4-0 last week and so on. But, we, I mean, this may sound a bit of a joke. It, it seems, uh, I, th- I believe that the opposition into our home game has gone down to 10 men this season. And we don't like playing against 10 men for whatever reason. I don't know if it's a psychological thing or whatever, but... We seem to struggle, and we got away with it against Aston Villa. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I, it, you know, you can't put your finger on one thing necessarily, but maybe small things are starting to add up now, and there'll they'll come a tipping point where I hope it doesn't become irreversible. Hey, Mitch. Um, basically, uh, we were just talking to Jim Cannon uh, right before you came on, yes. and we're talking about Van Aanholt. What do you make of his performance? And do you think is you know the blame is getting for the late goal? Is it is it correct, or do you think that he should have had a bit more support well, there? Well, to be honest, their right winger looked very lively. If I was him, I would have backed off a bit. But mm. the danger is, as you saw, it gave him room to just cross the ball. Now, yes, Joe Ward should have just levered it and knocked up down and tried to do a fancy header away, whatever. But, you know, there's more to the game overall than that. Like, you know, you've got to add that into the fact that we had one-on-one that wasn't put away. Ben Teke had a, appeared to have a clear chance. But, you know, just all these things, they're just adding up. Just little things. And it, it, eventually, there'll come a tipping point where... We, we won't be able to, you know, rely on going away to Arsenal or Man City and getting away win. You know what I mean? Is there? Do you see any way back for Benteke? Yeah, you mentioned it. There was a there was a massive Ooh. chance I missed, and I can't even remember um, the last time he scored for us, especially under Roy Hodgson. Do you see it happening? I think. Well, this. I mean, maybe if we make more. Well, we were at home this weekend, OK? Mm. Player gets sent off. They're down to 10 men. We're 1-0 up. I would have gone with taking Schlupp off, bringing Townsend on, if you're going to bring Ben okay, and at least have two wingers that can play balls into him in the box. And, you know, you play to his strengths. That may give us a better chance. Um, but how long can we give Ben Teke? But you mentioned the strength bit. I understand that, but... For for example, the chance that he had against um, Wolves on a weekend, it's he still that was a clear chance. It's not. I feel sorry for him at times uh, because there's certain <coughs> games you can see that he's not involved and we're not playing to his strengths. But there's times where he yeah. does get chances like that and he still can't finish it off. Yeah, I think a few years back if he was playing at Villa and he was playing against us and he had that chance, rather than moving it to the white right and then trying to hit it, he would have just curved it round to the far post and mm. stuck it in. One nil Aston Villa, thank you very much. And we would have all been thinking, bloody hell, I wish we had a strike like that. And I think it's a confidence thing. Maybe that will come from game time and maybe that will help if we play to his strength. I think but... Sorry, Mitch, I was just buttoning in there, but I no, thought you'd right. stopped. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I was just going back to your point about uh, not spending the money or getting the players in. I think you're right. There's something not quite We don't right. have the money. Look, Let's 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 break this down. Crystal Palace have not been consistently in the Premier League for twenty years like your Arsenal's, Chelsea's, Tottenham's, Liverpool, yada yada yada. Okay? Mm. They've had twenty years or whatever of premiership money, all right? 
in order to get anywhere near them to be able to to buy the right quality players that we need, okay, we'd have to sell four or five Wambasakas or or Will Sahas. Reason is we've had to pay a certain amount of money to upgrade the ground, the facilities, buy a training ground, employ more staff to serve people slowly, right? At the food halls and everything. But we've had to pay a lot of upgrade, a lot of money that we don't really have. And, and the uh, club just don't have the money. And arguably I'd I'd actually say <laughs> that it's actually that we don't have the sugar daddy type owner that a lot of clubs have, like from the, On top of the that, Far yeah, East. Absolutely. You like know, we Leicester we haven't got these yeah, we haven't Everton. got these Chinese Thai owners that can just throw money at us. You know, that's what... You're bang on, mate. You're maybe, that, on. maybe, you know, do the fans want that or do they want someone that is a proper fan like Steve Parrish but then we're penny-pinching each season? That's a that's a good point, actually. I, I, I wonder yeah, what people would prefer, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we need to do three more, two or three more, I reckon, Wambasaka sales before we could actually afford a Batshuayi or somebody that could score goals. Well, um, maybe you need to balance those books before you can make the next round of purchases because you did get that 50 million, but Palace weren't quick to reinvest. They might in January, but is Roy the man to make those purchases? A lot of fans are split on that. Mitch, thank you so much for calling no in. Always a pleasure to speak to you, Mitch. Mitch calling from Beckenham there. The fans are, are split on Roy. They seem split on <laughs> Ben Teke tonight as well. We're talking about finances. We're not quite sure. James, you said you haven't got the owner who can just literally throw the cash at Palace do you still want Roy around because the fans are so split I checked social media I can't believe it should he be the man to invest in January it's very hard because we bring in players but he still doesn't play them for example Camarasa but then are they his purchases exactly and I'm not too sure myself because it happens behind the scenes Mm. but you could see he's the type of players that he likes, McCarthy, he brought him off the bench uh, a couple of times, and Gary Cahill, of course, he's starting him. Camarasa, definitely not his type of player. He doesn't. It seems like he doesn't like creative players. And the thing with Roy is that this is his approach, so I'm not going to slay him for it. But when it comes to players that he doesn't trust or doesn't like their style of football, he just doesn't give them a chance. He said this week to to the build up to the game, he said that. Camarasa, he'll get more chances and then he drops him out of the squad completely. It's just, and you put Martin Kelly there and Scott Dan there. People are not talking about it, but Max Meyer. When is the last time Max mm. Meyer's actually had a decent chance? Big things were expected of him. Can I ask you both a, a, an honest question? Because obviously we do loads of fan shows on Crystal Palace and when, when we talk about the Crystal Palace fan show or, or, or I mention, uh, you know, I, I, I do the Crystal Palace mm. fan show with you, everyone, I always say, oh, you know, it's a bit tricky on Roy Hodgson. Fans are in, fans are out. They're not ultimately pleased to have the side peaked with him at the side and Every time I bring this up, outside perspective is they are shocked. They say, wow, really? Roy's doing a great job. He doesn't get enough credit. The grass isn't greener. You know You know what you're getting with Roy Hodgson. Stability, security, they won't be in this dogfight. Does that happen to you when you talk to non-Palace fans? And how annoying is that for you? Because you are in that perspective. You are in that bubble. Because obviously the outside noise, especially ones that I always talk to, is shocked that anyone would ever say this about Roy Hodgson. If anything, they feel that he's underrated. Yeah, I... I personally I think that when you people are much more um forward in giving negative opinions than they are in giving positive opinions so I about think, Roy yeah or about anything in life right okay. I think if anyone wants to sound off about something in a negative <laughs> yeah, way they, they, they will come out and say it whereas it's like when you're at work you do something good at work you know no one really praises you for it you do something bad and you're pulled into the manager's office mm. so basically I think that there are still a lot of people out there Palace fans that realise that what Roy's doing is is is, is a reasonable job um, under the circumstances he, he couldn't bring in the purchase he wanted to we didn't get the strikers uh, we haven't really got the money as we've explained so I think that there are people out there that don't embrace social media that actually think he's doing an okay job because I talk to people and and, and I they would say look you're better better with what you've got than trying something new and it doesn't work out. So I th- I think that um it's it's a question of trying to see improvement on uh, a a season-by-season basis with Roy. You know, obviously, time is ages against him. I mean, he's likely to want to retire or or whatever. So we do have to keep an eye out for somebody else. And maybe if the opportunity arises where we can bring someone in or we can potentially get someone 
ready for the start of a new season, that would be probably better than actually waiting until we hit a bad run and then getting rid of Roy really quickly and not having anyone to replace him. Um, you know, but he isn't a risk taker. Yeah, he won't risk Camarasa. He won't risk Max Meyer if we've just lost 4-0 at Tottenham. He's going to want to just build on a clean sheet again and hopefully win 1-0 which is what I thought was going to happen at the weekend we were just going to be right okay let's try and get our clean sheet Mm. back again let's just try and win the game at home build a bit of confidence and then you might see him thinking well actually we've got now a win win or two wins under the belt I'll try Camarasa I'll try Max Mayer again try and you know uh, improve the, 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 the visual aspect of our game and make us more attacking the trouble is every time we get to that point and we lose a game and and he goes back to square one and he and he's 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 this sort of you know this non-risk taker so it is unfortunately can be um quite tedious watching Roy's games <laughs> DR where do you stand on that I think when people look at it from the outside they look at result base and when you look at the results he does manage to get the big results against the big clubs away from home and I feel like that grabs a lot of people's attention because the media is not going to talk about Crystal Palace beating Leicester 1-0. But when Crystal Palace go and beat Man City, then it's all over the place. And I feel like that contributes to it as well. Uh, Personally, with Roy, um, with Palace fans, the frustration is that he... Yes, we do get... Yes, we manage to go beat City away or beat United away. But then when we play at home against sides that are on our level, we struggle. And... The, the most annoying thing is that we've got the, we struggle normally to be creative and we've got the players in the squad but he still doesn't use them I think that's what frustrates people in the fan base which others don't see from the outside because they only look at the results mainly so I think I understand people's frustrations but I if Roy says that he because there was meant to be a meeting but it's gone quiet nothing came out from it between Roy and Steve Parrish last week so I don't know what I, what exactly happened but I think if Roy wants to continue which from his words at the Palace for Life event it seems like he does want to continue Palace will be happy with it because as it comes to it it's a business and if we go he he's the man to keep us up and I don't think we'll be taking risks right now as long as Roy wants to manage unfortunately never a true word spoken football is a business but we turn our attentions to the game on the weekend well Roy is in charge will he get that result Crystal Palace are playing Norwich and next I'm delighted to say we'll be speaking to Adrian Forbes ex-Norwich City player on the game for the fans by the fans love sport radio that's right it is time for the opposition view and you are listening to the Crystal Palace fan show on love sport radio with me Charlie Hawkins I'm joined in the studio with the back of the nest podcast James Howard and DR Kern as we've been talking everything where the Eagles are concerned that frustrating home draw to Wolves 1-1 we spoke to Palace legend Jim Cannon now it is time to look at the game on the weekend hopefully Palace are hoping for a better turnaround this time holding on to that 1-0 scoreline but in their way it is Norwich and I'm delighted to say joining us on the phone is ex-Norwich player Adrian Forbes Adrian thank you so much for joining us Norwich a good start to the season maybe the league table won't won't say that but they've played some fantastic football and got some good results notably beating the champions at home they certainly have and I think if you look at Norwich coming up from the championship last year probably a bit of an unknown quantity and teams not knowing what to expect with the style of play but I would say they've equipped themselves quite well so far. And as you just quite rightly mentioned there, a fantastic result beating Manchester City at home and a result that no one would have expected. But the flip side of that is, and the beauty of the Premier League, they then go to Burnley and lose the weekend just gone. So, you know, anything's possible going into this weekend's game. I think what's been unique with Norwich is that fact that they don't change the style of play. I remember the first game of the season where uh, you guys went to Liverpool and yeah. it was... Everyone was so shocked. Everyone was like, oh, why are Norwich going and trying to get the ball off um, Liverpool and not actually sitting back? Um, do you think that's actually affected you guys in a way that in away games, I, feel, I don't think you've got a win yet. Do you think that the approach doesn't work in every single game and that maybe that should change it up? I think personally, I think, yes, you could look at going to away games, going to somewhere like a turf or, or going to Selhurst Park at the weekend and having to deal with 
um, the opposition crowd getting on your backs, etc. And the way that Crystal Palace will play and other teams will play, maybe the manager or the club could look at it and go that actually we might need to do what we need to do on the day to get that result. If that means we need to play potentially a bit more of a direct style of play um, game in order to get a foothold in the game to potentially get the draw or that win, then that might be the case. But I think, as you've said there, Norwich have their philosophy, they have their core values that they stick by, and they will continue to play the Norwich way in hope that, you know, or bring them the results that they feel they should they should get. Is there is there kind of a worry at Norwich, the fact that you've got great young players in Todd Cantwell, you've got Ben Godfrey, Max Ahrens, and you know, January transfer window, is there concern that you might lose some of them players due to how they've played so far? I think it's inevitable that uh, the bigger clubs will be sniffing without a shadow of a doubt. Um, if you look at how certainly someone like Todd Campwell, how well he's performed in stepping up to the Premier League, I think arguably his performances have been better this year than they were last year in the Championship, mm. which might sound strange, but, it, but it's true. So there's, there's evidently going to be teams out there that are going to be looking at those players that are of the age they are, would have had half a season of playing Premier League football and playing to a very, very good standard. But then it's down to the club and also down to the player to look at that and go, you know, am I going to go to this next club, potentially a bigger club? Am I going to play or is it better for me to continue playing my trade at Norwich where I'm going to play week in, week out, develop, improve and make myself a better player long term? So I think it's something that Norwich will have to fend off. But I do believe it's inevitable that big teams will come looking at those players. Yeah. Hi, Adrian. Um, just wondered uh, when you come to Celeston on Saturday, um, yeah, you're going to probably be on the front foot. You're going to be sort of trying to, you know, play the the, the attacking game that you, you 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 always do. But where do you think um, Crystal Palace can pose a threat against you? Where would you say your the weakest part of your your team is away from home? I think certainly last year and this year we struggled to keep clean sheets. I think that's that's the reality. And I think defensively, whilst you've got someone like a Ben Godfrey that has been playing well, you could have potentially Grant Hanley next to him. If he's back from injury, you could have Christoph Zimmerman, who's injured. Um, I know they put a bit of a, a patchwork team together defensively last week, um, and they've suffered more injuries there. So I think for me, defensively is where Norwich will be um, a, a bit shaky, in my opinion, or potentially give Crystal Palace the opportunity to get that at them. Equally, if they can shore things up securely defensively, then you know they have got an attacking threat with the likes of a Todd Cadwell or Timu Puti if they can get the ball up to them there's an opportunity to get goals there for sure. But for me, my concern would be defensively, do they have the, the, the depth in the squad to deal with the injuries that they have got within the back four or five at the moment? Well, Adrian, you mentioned the squad depth there, but how impressed have you been with Norwich considering they didn't do an Aston Villa of this year and a Fulham the year before, spending loads of money in the transfer market? They stuck with that core side who got them up last year. And I think it's safe to say they're playing some great football, but they've surprised a lot of people, especially outside of Norwich. You know, the, the, the team itself expected them to do okay, but outside, you know, they were favourites to go back down you know this year it's not been the case they've picked up great wins do you expect them to climb that table and certainly stay up this year I actually think they will and I think because of the their belief they have of sticking to, their, sticking to that philosophy a philosophy that the, the players know it inside out a philosophy where if you know if the right back happens to make an error the person either side of him or in front of him will be able to to cover for any error that may happen the boys know that philosophy that style of play inside out and I think that will actually stand them in good stead over the course of the season. Do I look and see that potentially they could be finishing mid-table? No. Do I think they'll be bottom half? Yes, but I do think they have enough to stay in the league. Having said that, we're also well-versed in knowing that anything is possible in, in Premiership football. And it, if they can continue to pick up the odd unexpected result, as they did against Man City, but also start going to the likes of Selhurst Park at the weekend, all the likes of Turf Moor and grinding out those extra draws here and there, then you just never know. But it, it's certainly going to be a challenge for them and it's going to be a tough ask. But I do think they have the players and the style to, to hopefully retain um, their place in the Premiership for next season. Well, Adrian, you're an ex-player yourself. They're yet to get off the mark on the away form. How much do they start chasing that down? You know, how much does that become a weight on their shoulders? They're away this weekend also. What is your score prediction for the game? Oh, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw, I think. Oh, I think splinters for you, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sitting on the fence. But I think, you, you know, you look at, you look at Crystal Palace, 
they have a team or they have a squad of players that can produce the right performance, as do Norwich. But I also look at Norwich and think the tables have got to turn at some point and that more positive result away from home has got to come. And I just wonder, the trip down to London this weekend, could it be the time when they can put in a good performance to hopefully get them that draw and almost banish the, the worries and the concerns they've got of being on the road? But it's certainly not going to be an easy task for them at Selhurst Park, that's for sure. Well, Adrian, you did say 2-2. Thank you so much for joining us. It was really good to hear from you tonight. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. Adrian Forbes, their ex-Norwich player. It is time for the prediction in the studio. James, I will start with you. What's your score prediction Prediction and thoughts <laughs> for the weekend? 0-0. No, no. Oh, well, there you have I, it. I personally <laughs> think the two teams that are a bit nervous are going to be very apprehensive um, need to keep clean sheets. They're going to want to keep a clean sheet because they can't win away. They have goals in Norwich, though. Surprising yeah. a nil-nil. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'll just say nil-nil. That's just what I think. DR, come on, someone. We've had two draws so far. You're two, not going to make it, Hattrick. No, two-one Palace. There you like, go. A bit of positivity. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Norwich will score. Um, they've got great forwards going forward. Um, Puky, of course, he's been scoring goals. Todd, um, Todd Cantwell, he's been. Um, helping them as well but I feel like the way that Norwich play it plays in our favour because they're just going to come at us and I feel like there'll be spaces created and also defensively they've, that's not been the strongest um, part of the game so I think if all of our players are fit such as like Wilf and Jordan I surprisingly uh, yeah it should be is I he think fit? A, yeah I think yeah they are fit oh that's good to know yeah, yeah they are fit but Hopefully, we get a result. It's too late to change your prediction, James. Hopefully, <laughs> Palace will get that result on the weekend and the Eagles, this time, stick with that three points. Won't drop points in that winning position. This has been the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Next week, we will be back with the Eagles at the same time. Eagles. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. And we have Mary on the line. Hello, Mary. Hi, Gary. The song I'd like to request is Take Me Breath Away. Uh, it reminds me of a bad relationship I once had. Oh, no. Yeah, the fleece me of my money was super clingy, suffocating, in fact. I couldn't breathe, <sighs> but I am now free of them and I've never felt better. Nice one, Mary. Now, is there anything you'd like to say to that old flame? Yeah, but unfortunately, cigarettes can't really hear you. Stoptober. It's not you, it's them. Join the thousands of others quitting smoking this October. Search Stoptober. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.